All right, hello everybody listening on the various podcast platforms of YouTube. We've got a good one today, as yes, always. Yes, sir. I'm excited, Pat. I feel like I haven't seen you in a minute. Uh, it's been uh, a bit. It's been a bit. Yep. Been a few but days, so good to see you, my be, friend. This would be a good one to, to come back to. Mm-hmm. This is from somebody who's uh, a member of Lynchman community posted this, and I was like, oh, this is such a great question and a universal question that I'm going to not answer it there, but bring it to the old very not random to, you know, expose it to the audience there because I think it's a good one. So here's what it is. I screenshotted it. It's from Roy L. And Roy says, I think I've come to the correct conclusion, but I want to consult the tribe. Mm. Thinking about pacing a workout versus intensity and intended stimulus. Here is the example. Let's say the goal is to achieve 50 reps of something, and it takes five minutes to perform those 50 reps. Is the stimulus missed if somebody does it 10 reps, 10 reps on the minute for five minutes and gets it that way, like sets this strategy of work rest? Mm-hmm. Or what if they get to the 50 reps doing 21, 15, 9, and then a 5, but it also takes them five minutes? You know, was both achieve the same target of reps, both achieve it in the same time. Uh, however, is one basically right or wrong? Is one achieving the stimulus and the other not achieving the stimulus? And so pacing workouts, big chunks of work, small chunks of work, what's right, what's wrong, what should one do? That's the general question right there, which is I think is a great one. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's kind of a deceptive amount of meat on the bone with this one. You know, like I have my immediate answer, but there's also a little bit more depth that I think we can start to uncover. Um, Mm -hmm. But right out the gate, you know, we did a whole episode where we kind of dove into this a few episodes back. So if you haven't, go back and check that out. But it was around the intended stimulus, so to speak. And one of the things that I think is really important, and some people have a bit of contention with this, but that's okay. There is no such thing as the capital T intended stimulus, meaning it's a broad categorization that lands you in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult when you start getting into the granularity of, okay, did I break it up a little bit differently? Did I end up a couple seconds faster or slower? Did I hit the intended stimulus? And uh, in my opinion, it's not that specific. It's something that is a broad strike zone to try to land you in the ballpark. So don't get too worried about that right out the gate. That's that's my kind of starting point for this conversation. Yes, and uh, I think another place you could start is why do we even care, right? Like why mm. why is it even in somebody's yeah. mind as to why it matters how they got to the end of this 50 repetitions, for example, in this end. Right. He mentioned a couple things in his initial couple sentences there about, you know, well, I'm, I'm, these things are in my head because I'm thinking if it's something like 30 to 50 reps, maybe it's a shorter work. Let's say it's 50 reps for time of a, a little bit of a lighter clean and jerk than grace. 115 mm-hmm. for guys, 75 for wins. So it's supposed to be maybe still on the shorter side, still going to looking to keep a good pace going or, or whatnot. And so somebody says, well, I, if that's what it's supposed to be, what should I do? Should I just hold on and grip it and rip it? And then I take, you know, that bigger chunk of work cost me a bigger set of rest. And then I go back for a slightly, still a big chunk of work, but slightly smaller because now I'm tired. And then I rest again. And, you know, it goes into, like he said, this 21, 15, nine, maybe with a set of five there at the end, or 
should I play it a bit more conservative out of the gate? So I think the reason that people care is, which is a good thing, because maybe they understand that in the back of their head, whether they're overthinking it or not, they understand, well, these, these you know, Bosman and the Sherwood guy have told me that intensity is kind <laughs> of important and I've dove into the journal and, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's as well. And I looked into the exercise science literature. It seems to be quite well understood that intensity really does help drive results. And if I mess this up, I'm going to screw up the intensity of the workout. And now I did it wrong. I think mm-hmm. that's what's going on in people's heads. And I like, I, I like the fact that that thought is, is in there and they care and they're kind of, uh, geeking out a little bit on it uh, and not just blindly going in the gym and just whipping the barbell around. But getting back to what you said, I think they have a, a bit of a wider strike zone mm-hmm. than they initially give themselves credit for. But that's why I think the question even pops up is because it's related to intensity, it's related to results, and it's related to I don't want to miss out on those results. And I think if I mess up the scheme or the strategy that I've done something wrong. Yeah, fair enough. And I think that that's a pretty easy question to answer with a little bit of self-reflection. And what I mean by that is, let's say we take the scenario, you've got 50 reps to do it, five-minute window is roughly where you want to land. You complete those 50 reps, let's say, by breaking it up relatively conservatively into sets of five, let's say, with a predetermined rest. And by the end of that, you finish the 50 reps, you're right under that five-minute um, range, and you are not breathing heavy, you're not particularly fatigued. It's a pretty strong indicator that, okay, that was a little conservative in your approach, and you could go a little bit harder next time. That's all it really takes uh, as far as the mm-hmm. analysis. Conversely, if you went the other way and you said, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna shoot for a set of 30 and then a set of 20. <laughs> we'll just see what happens. Let's, it's 2007 and I'm going for broke. <laughs> that's right. Let's just roll the dice and see if I can hang on. And you end up overshooting. And guess what? That recovery between the first and second set is monstrous. And it turns out it took you seven minutes to do it. Okay, well, you've got a pretty good indicator that that approach is probably a little bit too aggressive. So Mm -hmm. using that idea of this wide strike zone, I think it's pretty easy in retrospect to answer the question, did I land where I was supposed to and get the benefit or not? And the caveat is that doing the work in and of itself is still beneficial, even if it was a little bit too hard or a little bit too too easy. So so don't get too wrapped around it in that regard. Um, Now, what I will say is I like to think about this question as really just one more dial that you can turn when it comes to variance. And so, for example, if you have an athlete, and let's say this is clean and jerks, it's 50 reps, we're trying to get all 50 done inside five minutes. If you have somebody who is relatively inexperienced with that movement, they're still developing their fitness. Obviously, the weight is going to be pretty low, and you're probably going to take a pretty conservative approach to the reps and rest to get them through that. That's just the nature of where they are in terms of their development at that time. I would also argue the other way, that the more experienced you get, the more you can use that kind of reps to rest uh, play as a dial to increase the challenge. So if you have somebody who's really experienced, really proficient with the load on the bar, you might not have to look at adding more weight or more reps, 
But what you could ask them to do is hold on for larger sets than they might be comfortable doing initially、mm-hmm. to see if they can recover and repeat. Because that is another aspect of fitness that can be developed if you're not always looking at what is the best. Way to maximize my efficiency. Sometimes it's valuable to say, I'm going to stretch it just a little bit and see if I can recover to stretch it again. That's another facet of fitness that's really important and needs to be challenged at a time, even if in training it might net a slower time for that individual result. And that's where things can get a little bit tricky. So I've got, I'll leave it at that.、Yeah. I've, got my, I've got my bullet points, and、yeah. that's actually something I had closer to the end here. but But yes, I, I have something along the lines of、um, that, you know, finding your limits, your、mm-hmm. threshold, your I went too far, now I need to rest way too much. That was too costly.、Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when I say go too far, that's not reckless, that's not unsafe or whatnot. That's just, you know, you overexerted yourself, it was costly, and, and that mean, meant you needed a ton more rest. That's. And, like you said, it might yield a, you to have a lower placement on the whiteboard in your gym, which is going to sting. You know, you could have gone a little faster, that you made a quote unquote mistake. But I wouldn't say that you made a mistake because you learned about yourself and you learned something about your limits and your tolerances and where your boundaries are. And I personally think that's really useful, profoundly、mm-hmm. useful, even if it yields a slower time. I think it's valuable not to get into like big life things, but that's, that's valuable to learn about yourself inside and outside of the gym as to、yes. where are my limits、uh, as, as a human being? Like when I really go for it and I empty my tank, how much, what do I have in my tank? That's cool to find out. You'll learn、yeah. something about yourself there. And so I wouldn't dissuade somebody from doing that,、no. you know, play with it and experiment. I think it's valuable. Well, and I'll also say that you know, people have to remind themselves、um, at times that training is different than winning. I'm not trying to win in training, although I am、That's、interested in where I fall generally based on other exposures to similar types of workouts.、Mm-hmm. So I want to keep an eye on that. Obviously, the results are going to guide you know, kind of my progress and, and whether I feel like I'm moving in the right direction or not. But at the end of the day, I'm not trying to win in training. I'm trying to expand my fitness. And sometimes those things don't look the same way. So, one way to think about that is 50 reps clean and jerk four times with a five minute cap. That's the way it's written. But what I might record in my workout log after the effort is the rep scheme that I chose so that I can compare apples to apples、mm-hmm. on the next uh, uh, iteration. And it's not just. The time that I'm considering. So, for example, effort one on January 1st might be 10 sets of five. Get the time for that. Effort two, three or four months later, maybe I experiment with sets of 10 and get a time for that.、Mm-hmm. Effort three, maybe three months after that, is sets of 30 and 20. Let's see what that looks like. And when I do the comparison, the comparison is with those particular rep strategies in mind. It is not just the absolute time that's compared to itself. And what I can glean from that is okay, where am I comfortable? What is something that is clearly within my wheelhouse? What needs to be worked on a little bit? And then I can skew that direction. When I start to do other workouts, and you might be surprised, you know, somebody with the, the short reps. 
and the dictated short uh, rest periods, therefore, they might really struggle with that. I know me personally as an athlete, I hate having to start and stop. Hmm. And so that's really hard for me mentally. And that is sometimes a slower result for me, even though on paper, it looks like it's going to be better. Um, you know, so that might be something for me as an athlete that I would actually spend more time doing because I've identified that that for me personally is the harder effort. So it's another nuance that you can use to kind of play around with versus, uh, the mentality that I'm only going to do what it is that yields the fastest overall time. That doesn't yes. matter as much. Yes. And, and something which jumped out at me and I think it might just be a, not a wording error that might be a bit too harsh to say but in the second sentence that he wrote there he says thinking about you know what's better pacing a workout versus intensity and I think when he says mm. intensity he means go for broke because yeah. what I would say is Send it. I would say those two aren't it's not pacing a workout versus intensity because because yeah you could you could have maximal like this one peak effort during one second of the workout like maximal peak intensity or your overall average intensity for the workout and proper pacing should actually help you achieve the mm -hmm. highest overall intensity possible for that given amount of work so the two are not enemies you know mm -hmm. proper pace is going to help maximize your intensity because if you do go out and you crash and burn you might run long so pacing yeah. strategy learning about yourself like you said tracking your data all of these things are going to make you a more educated athlete, make better decisions in the future. And what I would say is think of it this way. Um, well, in, in that example that he gave, if we're saying it's 50 clean and jerks for time, one is he did 10 reps on the minute for five minutes. Okay, let's say those 10 reps took you on average 40 seconds. Let's just say that. And then the other one, he just went for broke with big sets. Well, well, maybe in one of those big set deals, he got 15 reps in one minute. So for that one minute, when he never went beyond 10 reps yep. on the other strategy. So for that one minute, when you got in 15, you had a higher intensity on for that mm -hmm. one minute anyway, but maybe you finished the workout two minutes slower. So again, right. are you talking about average intensity over the course of the workout or a small snippet in time? Because they're... They're related, but they're potentially a little bit different there. And I would say a good way to think about this is, so I had a, a track session for today's workout. I know that you're sad you couldn't be here and join me. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, truly, truly. <laughs> you really missed out. So, yeah. so let's say, you know, a classic track session, which might help illustrate this point of, of pacing and intensity and maximal effort versus average is you can do six 400 meter repeats you're going to rest three minutes between each. And on strategy number A or on pace number A, you think to yourself, hmm, I've got to do six of these things. So on no particular one do I want to be a hero because that's going to be really costly. So I'm going to try to, given the fact, given the totality of the workout that I have to do, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to think to myself, on average, what's the pace that I can push that I will be able to sustain highly uncomfortably but I will be able to sustain for all six of these. And you do it. And let's say it's a minute 40, okay? That comes out to you spent 600 seconds running. You spent 10 minutes of, of that time actually running during those six 400-meter repeats. Then the other strategy, instead of just this sustained maximal effort for all six, you're like, you know what? I want to try to PR one of these today. I'm going to try to set a new lifetime PR on one of these, and I know that's going to be costly. I'm going to do it on the third one. 
first one, I'm going to feel it out a bit. Second one, I'll grease the groove a bit. And the third, I am going for it. And so again, that first example was they are all a minute and 40 seconds, every single one. And maybe in this next one, you go 145 for the first one, 140 for the second one, and then you empty and you get a 120 on that third one. And you're like, awesome, lifetime PR. But it hurts so bad, you know, <laughs> maybe you had to be somewhere you couldn't take extra rest, rest days. Of three. It hurts so bad that the last three were all at a minute 50, you know, all mm-hmm. of that. Well, if you crunch the numbers, in that first one, where they all stayed 140, it took you 600 seconds to do the work. In that second example that I gave, even though you set a PR, it took you 615 seconds to do the work. So overall, 15 seconds slower overall. But on that one 400 meter where you PR'd, that was a more intense effort than anything mm-hmm. in the first set of 400 meters. So, well, is number one the quote unquote right way to do it where you held the same pace or is the second one, the right way to do it. And the truth is that neither one is the right way to do it. Both have training value. One, you did what you just said right there. I'm going to find my limits today as a human being. and I'm going to go for it. And even if it costs me, it costs me, but I'm going to learn. And you still did the same amount of work. It just overall took you 15 seconds longer. You think you're not getting mm-hmm. fit from that? And the other one, again, sustained. So they both have merit. They both have value and neither one's right or wrong. It just depends on what are your goals, what are your intentions, and what are you feeling like doing today? That would be, I, I think a track day helps kind of paint that picture mm-hmm. well. Yeah, it's an easy one to kind of place yourself in because I think everybody's had that experience where they come out way too hot and they pay for it. And like you said, that intensity of the singular effort is kind of overshadowed by the mm-hmm. lower intensity of the session as a whole because of that um, and vice versa. But I, I, I kind of, to bring it back out to a more high level, I will say that I think if we're talking about kind of culturally where CrossFit is right now, I think that there are more people that tend to over-strategize when it comes to, to such things and are a little bit reluctant to just put their foot on the gas and see what happens because they are concerned about the overall time or result. Mm-hmm. And like I said... That mentality, in my opinion, can be hard to to get away from because you do start to equate the necessity of winning in training, like I mentioned before. And and so I think some people get a little bit cautious. And in my opinion, there's a ton of value uh, to developing the capacity to maybe not empty the tank entirely, but get close to doing that. And then trying to hold on or trying to recover on the fly at at kind of a lower intensity until you can ramp back up. Mm -hmm. So. My kind of long story short is I think people need to get a little bit more comfortable sending it on a more regular basis, mostly. Now, the caveat to that is the longer that you've been in the game, the the, the greater your training age and the closer you are to like your, quote, potential, the less of those truly full send efforts that you get. And To take it back to another very visceral example that's easy to see, let's talk about somebody who's, you know, uh, really recognizable in the track world, Usain Bolt. Mm -hmm. He's on top of the world for many, many years in the sprint. Now, if you think that a guy like that trains the 100-meter dash by just showing up to the track and every session is an all-out 100% effort, you're out of your mind. He reserves those for key times when it's absolutely necessary to open it up and, and go, you know, that full 
foot on the gas. Mm-hmm. There are only so many of those efforts that he has being so close to his true physical potential. And you see the same thing in all sorts of sports that take that kind of singular attribute to its extreme. Power lifters, they do not lift their best, uh, you know, lift every day in the gym. They are waiting for that couple of opportunities a year when it really matters in competition to uncork that and let her rip. Now that's because, again, they have developed over years to that point where they're bumping up against their potential. So if that sounds like you, you've been in the game a long time, you're at the top of the heap or close to it, you know that you're bumping up against what's possible for your particular um, you know, physiology, you got to be a little bit uh, a comf- uh, careful as to when you uncork it. But for mm-hmm. the rest of us, that are generalists that are not at the top of the heap that um you know are maybe not as uh uh, interested in that true you know head to the grindstone let's see how far i can take my my physicality Uh, you've got a little bit more leniency there so all that to say most people i think could benefit from sending it a little bit more regularly just keep an eye on how often that becomes because for each one of us there is a limit to how hold uh, how close you can hold your hand to the flame and how regularly. Oh yeah, I mean today when I would, when I did the runs, uh, I was warming up and feeling it out, and I, I remember I had this thought: I was like, I am not going to go for a PR today. Like I'm going to keep yeah. these. I'm going to ride that. You know, like that first example, minute forty, minute forty, minute. Like I'm going to try to make it each one suck, but an appropriate level of suck that I can I can just maintain. And I'm really happy I didn't run it five seconds faster. And that's, and that's mm-hmm. plenty. And that, was, and that was great today. And as we've said on previous podcasts, you know, intensity and effort is something that at least I'm a big fan of modulating like so many other things. If I work out five days a week, all five days a week aren't burn it down, hold your hand close to the fire yeah. days. That's not going to mm-hmm. fly. That's not sustainable. I'd be in a trash yeah. heap in the backyard. And I remember... And a CrossFit OG, Josh Everett, you know, and hopefully everybody listening knows who he is. If not, they'll, you know, uh, go find him. But I mean, he's one of the guys that when I got into it, I was watching videos of him, you know, work out and, and do insane too. things, you know, and yep. a legend in, in my mind. And agreed. And, and I remember this is several years ago, you know, Josh is, he's probably 40 or in his 40s now, I would well, assume. I think he's in his mid 40s. Okay. I believe. Still a, ferocious animal yes this is several years ago so he was probably approaching 40 or in his later 30s at the point in time that that he said you know like look you know you've got your phases of crossfit he's like he used to burn it down on a regular basis like it like we're going Mm -hmm. we're sending it again today yep we're sending it tomorrow you know like we're gonna send that's how it's gonna go and he's like Mm -hmm. now he's like i gotta be honest with you those like see the white light crazy crazy days he goes i probably have four of those a year about once a quarter, it's like, the, I, the, I'm yeah, going to I'm, I'm play with the devil today, you know? And yeah. so it's just, it, it all is what phase are you in and all that. But mm-hmm. but finding your your limits, again, safely, don't be stupid with your body, but like learning your limits as a human being, I think there's something there. I think there's some value there. So that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, absolutely. So to bring it full circle... And land it back on the specific (laughs) question. Yeah, exactly. You know, is it better to dot, 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 
The answer is, it's just another dial that you can play with within the wide strike zone of what you're hoping to achieve for the day. And so use those kind of appropriate ranges to start to ask the question, did I work on what I should have in this session? So it's about a five minute effort. You know, you've got 50 reps to do. If you only got through 20, well, your strategy probably was not as good as it could have been. Um, but regardless of how you chose to break it up, if you got through them in that rough time frame of five minutes, great, success. Now the question becomes, how do you tinker with that to see if there's other ways you could approach it to highlight other physical attributes? And that's how you get the most out of that, despite the fact that you may net a slightly different time. 100%. So great yeah. question. Thanks. Thanks to everybody out there in the community for continuing to submit them. And we'll keep reading the comments and we'll keep giving you our, our best effort. So we appreciate all the support. Uh, as we say every week, if you'd like to help support the show, go to the show notes and click on the link there. We've got a lot of cool VNR cycles from first pull up, first kipping muscle up, you know, and a whole bunch of barbell stuff. So enjoy that. And find this episode on the BTWB YouTube channel. Leave comments about this topic or about a future topic. We pay attention to them. And for Adrian Bosen, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we'll see you next time.